Tom Bernard Show with Andy Brent Bernard, Mike Bellina, Doug Sprinthal, Chris Lindahl. And we will be right back. Kick off hour two, Tom Bernard Show. Oh, that's right. It's Doug. I forgot. The, the, the part where you talk. Walzer Automotive Group, <laughs> walzer.com. Um, auto show is right around the corner. Uh, it starts on March 10th through March 18th this year. It's traditionally the kickoff of the selling season. I will give you some insider advice. If you're in the market for a new car, and don't tell Paul or Andrew I said this, Hang on until the 10th of March, because here's, here's what happens. Man, this is a really weird market in that the auto show is so significant in the Twin Cities. Most other parts of the country, and it happens throughout the calendar year. There's the North Carolina ones in June. It's sort of an also-ran has-been. Here, our business will double over what it was either in January or February. The manufacturers recognize that, and as a result, they pour on special incentives for the auto show. Typically, they'll start on the 10th, and they'll run right through the end of the month. Uh, General Motors tends to run their incentives all year long. You're not going to save an additional billion dollars, but you are going to save hundreds to, to a thousand. So if you can hold off buying a new car right now, don't tell anybody I said this, uh, check out the auto show specials, which will pop up uh, about this time, probably a week from Friday on Walzer.com. Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. And it's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and <laughs> it's gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. He said in winter 1963, like the world would freeze with John F. Kennedy and the Beatles. Yeah, once it, what are you trying to make me like, get depressed for about a month? <laughs> God, I forgot all about this tune. This is a great song. Who is this? Uh, Dream Academy. Dream Academy, there you go. With John F. Kennedy and the Beatles. And people, they do not realize the impact that that had on the world. Uh, and just very quickly running through that, America took over all manufacturing after World War II because the rest of the world was destroyed. Yeah, there wasn't any left. There wasn't anything left, so America took over all of the uh, manufacturing in the world. The Beatles came along, and I have yet to find a person who can tell me even close to a dollar amount in the billions that the Beatles brought back to England because of the whole British invasion they inspired. It changed, that, it changed Western Europe forever. 
I mean, one rock and roll band changed Western Europe forever. Well, and you think about why that was, because, you know, England is not as big a country as the U.S., but you've got all those kids that were born during World War II, maybe yeah. a little before, maybe a little after. There's nothing to do. Right. So they all start bands. It's not like... That's you know, exactly why it was. Too. And that's why music's going to change now, because there's so much going on. Gibson Guitars is on the verge of going oh, bankrupt. Going bankrupt. It's so depressing. They've been mismanaged for years, but the, the, the reality is the guitar market's down about 33% in the last 10 years. There aren't, you know, you don't, why? Well, when we were kids... Anybody that wanted to meet a girl tried to learn how to play the guitar. That's true. And the, the rest true. of them played drums. <laughs> they don't do that anymore. There are some still. I mean, there's always going to be musicians, but it's 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 a different world. Now they just get a Snapchat too. account. That's right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Text pictures of other people. Is that really you? Why, yes, it is. Yes, it is. You see the muscular build that yeah. I have? It's quite, that's pretty impressive for 12. <laughs> for 12 for years 12. old, it's very impressive. <laughs> it is very, very impressive. I busted my son doing that once. I said, dude, porn stars don't want that. that knock it off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he was mortified. The, well, yeah, when Dad says, I'm like, talk to you about porn stars, you might get a little mortified by that. Get a little whipped up about that. Hey, he knows that. who I am. Yeah, that's true. That's very, very true. You know, it's. Uh, you were talking earlier about uh, people think that, that this is the roughest time and, no, we just can't get along. And in the 60s, we could not get along at all. It was horrible. It was absolutely horrendous. Before World War One, before World War Two, the Korean conflict, the yep. Vietnam War, oh, my God. Well, that was the 60s. But... Uh, it's not any worse than it was then. No, I know. And that's why I, I kind of laugh a little bit when people get all twisted about the BLM movement. You know, they have valid points. They're a little unfocused. Black Lives Matter. Right, but they'll right. block a highway for two two hours and people lose yeah, their minds. Yeah, let's not do that. It's like, okay, you should have seen Chicago in 68. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, Chicago 8, which became the Chicago 7. Well, people don't – Andy pointed out to me a couple of days ago, and he's 100% right, and maybe you've done some more – uh, research on this, Andy, but uh, school shootings have been going on in this country for 90 to 100 years. Yeah. People don't know that. They think school In every shootings, country, really. Yeah, in every country, really. Yeah. That's right. School shootings are nothing new. They really aren't. I think the first one you had, you had seen is 1927, Andy? Uh, in America, yeah, around there. Yeah, 1927 might have been the first one they identified as a school shooting. So it's, it's Well, yeah, it's ago. like... If someone shot up a school in, you know, 1850, then who's going to know? Yeah, nobody would know because so, that's yeah. fabulous news so, reporting. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, towns back then, something could have happened and no one outside of that town would know for, like, a year. Right. I can tell you what's different, so, though. While that is true, uh, you know, as growing up in the 60s like I did, I never heard about it as a kid and it never occurred to me that somebody would do that and it was never a fear. And I think if you talk to any kid in America right now, they all know about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they and all know all about, scared it about it. Yeah, that's true. Well, the, the platforms to communicate and to broadcast that news have yeah, changed. That's right. Oh, yeah, completely. Completely. See, when I was 16 years old, and I could name the guys, but I'm not going to. There was some noise in the hallway at North High School, and a guy came running by. He's going to kill me. He's going to kill me. And about four or five seconds later, a guy, another student, Runs by with a rifle wearing a Nazi helmet. What in North Minneapolis? <laughs> wow. North Minneapolis. Wow. Like, I'm guessing oh, that guy God. isn't on the planet any longer. Uh, probably not. <laughs> 
I don't think anybody in the family is, to tell you the truth. That that was one of those families. When you get into the, you know, the impoverished areas, entire families get wiped out and you don't know why. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God, I was I can only use the first name. I can't use the last name because the guy probably still has family. Adolf. When I, <laughs> yes, that's it. Uh, um, when I was going to St. Joseph's School, there was a kid named John there. And I ran into another guy who had the exact same name, John, blah, blah, blah. But again, I, I just to try to protect this guy's relatives would be good. So John, after he gets out of high school, decides he's going to rent a, an apartment in a fourplex. So he rents an apartment in a fourplex. And, and this is the kind of people I went to school with. I, it's unbelievable. So he's in there for a couple of months said, man, what was all that noise last night, all the sirens in there? What was that all about just down the block? I said, yeah, John got in an argument with one of his neighbors. I said, yeah, why did they call the cops? Because he killed everybody in the building. In all four units, he killed whoa. everyone in the building. It's like, whoa, well, whoa. Okay, John, well, calm down. Dial her back a little. Can you imagine? You have nothing to do with this, but because you live in that building, I'm going to kill you anyway. Wow. I guess he was going to take out all of the uh, witnesses or something. I don't know. <laughs> God. But how shocking that was back in those days. Oh, yeah. Think, he killed everybody in the fourplex? Yeah. Okay. Whatever. But I told that to the new John I met, and he wouldn't even respond. He just he looked at me like, why did you tell me that? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, you big baby. Don't be such a baby. Uh, so I, in my opinion, I guess I can close this up by saying I think America is in a better position it's ever been before. Uh, education is available to everyone at every level. People are treated much better. They're still not treated as well as they should be across the board. Uh, that's including men treating women in a certain way, the different races getting along or whatever. It could be. But it's the best it's ever been. Ever. I think you can make an argument for that. And I I should get off social media. I just can't help myself because, you know, I've got <laughs> yeah. friends that will post about, you know, we've been so divided and blah, blah, blah. I says, okay, when was this time when everything was good? Right. What, what exact yeah, yeah, what era was right. this when we all got along and peace, love, and harmony? And that's always crickets. I mean, it's... <laughs> Everyone will always answer... It was when they were eight years old or so. <laughs> they were only eight back then. That's true, but pick, you know, they, pick a lot you... of people don't. They don't know uh, the difference between them not knowing things were bad and things actually being good. That, I think that's exactly right, Andy. I think you hit it right on the head. No, I think that is absolutely true. At what age did you understand, Andy, that some people loved your dad and other people hated your dad? I bet it was early. How early was that? <laughs> yeah, it was. I don't early enough that it. I don't know. Feels like it was always. <laughs> That's the best. That's as good as it gets. But did you have a hard time figuring that out? So why would they hate him or love him? They don't know him. Not really. I mean, it was part of my life. From, I suppose you know, it was just part of your life. Since I was young enough that I still took everything at face value, so I just didn't question it. Yeah, I guess. But do you, but you think it was like kindergarten or first grade? Eh, probably around then. Well, I remember you telling me that that was like, you know, some people, you know, just don't like your dad and, you know, that's how it is. And I was right. like, okay. One of my favorites of all time, though, was when Alex was in first grade and she said, Dad, all the kids in my class want you to come and say hello to them. They want to meet you in person. I said, first graders? 
said, yeah, they really want you to come over and say hello to them. And I said, yeah, I can do that. That's not a problem. It's a first grader, so I'm kind of surprised. Maybe they hear the show, you know, mom or dad has it on the radio on the way into work. I get there, and there's 30 first graders, and they all look at me, and they get this disappointed look on their face. They thought I was the Menards guy. <laughs> And you didn't have white hair back then. I don't know if you could have pulled it off. white hair back then. Menards! They're like, this is not, Alex, you lied. Your dad's not the Menards guy. <laughs> <laughs> They're all excited to meet that guy with the glasses and at Menards. I get that every once in a while when, out, when I'm out with my kids because my, my last name's unusual. And the yeah. people say, are you the guy? In, and you should see my son and daughter. Their eyes start rolling. Oh, yeah. There's like, oh, God, here we go again. <laughs> here we go. Yeah, I suppose that's that's part. Yeah, yeah. Sprinthal is unusual enough. Yeah, to go, it's going to oh, stand yeah. out. That's true. I'll tell you the funniest story about this, and this was when I was doing stuff with Rosie. Sarah had my wife. Uh, we were having some floors refinished in our house. We'd bought a foreclosed place in '09 in the height of the recession, and this old retired uh, Catholic guy from the church, Sweeney, shows up, and he says, "Yeah, okay, and I can do this." And he's taking the bid, and finally he looks at her and says, "Sarah." Yeah, I ask you a question. Is Doug Sprinthal your husband or your dad or your son? Are you related to him? She goes, yeah, it's my husband. I had a question. Is he kind of a short, fat guy? Because that's what he sounds like. <laughs> she goes, well, no, not really. Here, let me show you a picture. And he goes, ah, oh, Jesus Christ, I didn't see that coming at all. <laughs> a short, fat guy? Yes, yes, he is. Thank you for bringing it up. Thanks for asking me if my, my husband. Oh, God. So, Sweeney, you did a great job. We love you. There you have it. How long have you had the billboards up? Yeah, so the, speaking of uh, social media and, and negativity, say, yeah. the billboards are uh, – we put the billboards up about a year and a half ago, and, and uh, I've learned a lot about myself and a lot about social media <laughs> over that time. It's unbelievable. You know, it, it the, the comments uh, – the majority of the people, you know – they make the majority of the positive people don't make a lot of noise. It's yeah. that bottom five or ten percent sure. that make all the noise. All the noise, yes. And, and you know, it's the tweets. It's you know, I'd love you know, I'd love to you know, it, the, the comments are. I don't even want to repeat half the comments that I get no. now. And it's like, I wish he were dead. I don't want to see another billboard again. I'm so sick of listening <laughs> to him. Are it's, you kidding? Uh, you oh, got no. death threats oh, off a billboard? Oh, it's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> hey, hats <laughs> off to you, sir. That's yeah, not easy yeah. to do. Every day, I, I would every day I would say we get ten to fifteen complaints. On the billboards every and, day, yeah, and I and I and I think about it, I go, do you boycott going to get a McMuffin at McDonald's? Do you say I'm not going to go buy a Coke at SA or Holiday? I'm not going to get a car wash. So I think I think the reason is it's a personality on a billboard, whereas most of the other billboards are actual companies. Yeah, yeah they are, and so they can attribute it to one person. It was a very very weird deal. We every year we go up, <laughs> kidding, when we can, of course. And we did this year. We go up to Duluth. Uh, during the Christmas holidays and just spend a little time up there just before Christmas because I, I, I love Duluth, Red Wing. We go all over the state of Minnesota and Wisconsin. You know, a lot of great smaller towns. You know, not small towns, but smaller towns. And this year, we went to the beginning of December. And we're coming back home uh, on 35. And I see this billboard with this guy with his arm sticking. I went, oh, that's interesting. Then I saw it again. And again, and again, <laughs> and I said, who the hell is that guy? Because I don't drive much. You know, I just go from here to my house or here to the station. I literally stay in the city. I just don't drive that much. Right? See, as a retail guy, I'd want to know who the salesman was that signed you up. You magnificent <laughs> bastard. You. Yeah, exactly. 
But it's so weird that uh, that I noticed the billboards because you said they were up for about a year and a half. Yeah, they've been for a year and a half. But but I just saw them last December, the beginning of December, and then Tracy Call calls me one day and said, "I want you to meet Chris Lindell." I said. You mean that guy on the billboards? Yeah. <laughs> she goes, why don't you like the billboards? I said, no, it's not that. It's just I just really just noticed his name on old billboards because I don't drive a whole lot. Well, it's kind of a coincidence. Yeah, you, 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 you speak of crazy people. I got this crazy idea to put a, a billboard up on uh, – I-95 South and Broad Street outside the Philadelphia Stadium before the Vikings-Eagles oh, game. <laughs> you want to talk about aggravating people. I, and then and then I, I remember I, I landed at the airport the day of the game, and I, I took the Uber right out to the billboard, and I stood right in front of it with my arms out and just got things chucked at me by the wow, Eagles fans. Awesome. I-95 South and Broad Street. <laughs> Close enough. All right, Chris, I know you got to hit the road, so I just want to hear more about where we're headed what we're up to, and how people get a hold of you. Yes, yeah. So uh, the Chris Lindell team this year, you know, we're with Remax Results. The Chris Lindell team, we're on pace to sell 1,500 houses this year. So thank you, Tom, for the support, and thank you to all the listeners. Uh, it's definitely a seller's market. We've got a strategy. You know, you mentioned the billboards. We have an integrated marketing solution, which really hasn't been done in real estate, where right. we have every piece of the pie you need to get top dollar for your house. And I just want to say thank you to everyone that supported us. You know, those five, that small percentage of people that don't like the billboards, I don't think they realize that all of that traffic we're driving to chrislandall.com means our clients are getting that much more money for their house. Yeah, absolutely. So. That's very, very true. Well, thanks for coming. You have to come by more often. I'd love to. Thank you so much great. for having me. Yeah, Evan Sprinthal here is not a bad idea either. Uh, no, I've learned, a, I've learned a lot about him. And, and, Wal, and Walter.com. There you go. Welcome to the club. There we go. We'll be back, Tom Bernard Show. This is Tom, and I've been telling you how easy it has been for me to lose weight on the Nutramost weight loss plan. My goal has been to lose 92.5 pounds. Well, I've started up another round at the new Nutramost Plymouth location, and I can't wait to shed those extra unwanted pounds. Nutramost is unlike any other weight loss program. It's just so easy, and they guarantee that you will lose 20 pounds or more in just 40 days. There's no exercise, shots, drugs, prepackaged food, and I'm never hungry. The team at Nutramost in Plymouth will support you every step of the way on your wellness and weight loss journey. Then, after you hit your goal, Nutramost in Plymouth is there for you with the Nutramost Forever Plan, an all-inclusive wellness program that improves and promotes healthy living and choices. Nutramost has helped me change my life, and I know they can help you too. Nutramost Plymouth, located just off Highway 55 and 494. Call 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. Hi, this is Tom. If you spend any time at the lake, you can relate to hanging out on the dock with family and friends. Let Flow enhance your experience with their rock-solid dock systems. You see... Flo's passion to invent a better way to make life easier comes through in every product they make. Flow boat lifts are a breeze to level using a cordless drill. With their patented easy level system, Flow is about making things easy, meaning you have more time to enjoy being at the lake. Isn't that why you go there in the first place? See for yourself why they've been perfecting leisure time since 1983. Visit Flow at the Minneapolis Lake Home and Cabin Show at the Convention Center February 23rd, 24th, and 25th. Be sure to ask for the show special where with a qualified purchase, you'll receive a free three-piece furniture set or a free wireless remote. And mention you heard this ad on KQ for an additional $50 off a dock or lift system. To find out more about Flow Systems, visit their website at floeintl.com. Flow Docks and Lifts, a better way. I will always be with you. 
Tom Bernard Show. Thanks to Chris Lindolf coming in. Remax results. Yeah, he is the guy on all those billboards. That is hilarious that people get upset that he's on the billboards. Unreal. I think it's phenomenal. Uh, yeah, no. But we just found out today that you're a short, fat guy. We didn't know that Yeah, before. that's right. We didn't know that before today. There's another reason to avoid heavy drinking. What the hell is that all about? No. I didn't know there was one reason. <laughs> I didn't either. A uh, new study suggests that heavy drinking raises a person's risk for dementia. Well, the sweet release of dementia. I mean, come on. You don't have to worry about anything if you got dementia. Now, I guess dementia is horrible. Dementia is when you start seeing things and hearing things, right? Well, yeah. And, and the, the scariest <sighs> thing is people don't can't recognize their surroundings. So they right. go through a period of years where they're really combative because they're scared. Uh, I mean, that's they're always what happens. scared, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you've dealt with uh, that whole... Yep, worked in a psych unit for four years and had a lot of dementia patients that were so combative they couldn't live in regular right. nursing care facilities. Right. And it's, it's sad. I want to talk, as soon as I'm done with the story, I want to talk to you more about that and the, you know, the fact that you were around for how many? Four years? Mm-hmm. Uh, a new study suggests that heavy drinking raises a person's risk for dementia, especially the early onset variety. The research published in Lancet Public Health looked at 1.1 million French hospital patients diagnosed with dementia from 2008 to 2013. Of those patients, 16.5% of the men and 4% of the women had alcohol use disorders, which CNN reports is about twice the rate of those without dementia. The stats for early onset dementia were worse of the 57,000 cases, 38% were alcohol-related by definition. Another 18% featured an additional diagnosis of alcohol use disorder, per The Guardian. The bottom line, alcohol use disorders were a major risk factor for onset of all types of dementia, and especially early-onset dementia, per the study. Thus, screening for heavy drinking should be part of a regular medical care. The HWO, uh, WHO, excuse me, uh, defines that's worth World Health Organization. The WHO defines chronic heavy drinking as roughly four to five drinks a day for a man and about three to let's say four to five bottles a day. Or, I was going to say in Northeast Minneapolis, that's lightweight. <laughs> yeah, you lightweight. Or breakfast. Uh, four to five drinks a day for a man and about three for a woman per science daily. While the study focused on heavy drinking, the results raise questions for those who indulge in more moderate fashion as well. Notes the Guardian, what is most surprising about this paper is it has taken us so long to recognize that alcohol misuse and dependence are such potent risk factors for the development of dementia, says Robert Howard of University College London. Study author Michael Schwarzinger uh, said that while the rate of alcohol use disorders is lower in the U.S. than France, it remains substantial enough to be considered a major risk factor for dementia onset. Hmm. So now when you worked, so it was... What kind of a hospital was it described? I worked at uh, United Hospital, and they had a locked psychiatric unit. And the reason I got out, you mentioned it earlier, and without turning this into a political thing, there was a movement in the 80s to defund right. mental health uh, state uh, hospitals, and uh, insurance uh, companies paid much less in terms of mental health benefits. The staffing got cut, the, the job got brutal, and they kicked a lot of people out. And that really was the beginning of the it current was. homeless problem that we have There's in the United no States. There's no doubt today. about it. And that was Ronald Reagan who did that. Yeah, he, well, it wasn't just him. He had help, no, but no, he he was, had. it was under his uh, watch. They, it was. You know, and that's the saddest thing about mental health is that it's still viewed as a character disorder by a lot of people. 
Mental illness is a character disorder. Well, you know, it's you're de- he's just depressed. Snap out of it. It's like okay, if you're yeah. really suffering from depression, you don't. It isn't. You didn't choose to be no. depressed. It's and like you don't snap out of it either. It was the same way that people thought about gay people for a long time. It's like, wow, well, we can just retrain them, and they don't really yeah, want to be right. gay. It's like, yeah, yeah it's, it's really not true. it. I still go through periods of very severe depression. Yeah. I, you know, if you've had any, again, if you have tragedy in your life or trauma in your life, you are going to get depressed once in a while. I don't take any medication for it. So it's not like it's always around, you know. Yep. Oh, no, look at this stiff. Good. Now you get to sit here. Now I get to sit right by. Hey, Michael. Michael Bryant just walked into the room. We were just talking about you were today. You? Yeah, we were actually. We we're bad. Well, it wasn't part of the Walter commercial. It's still. <laughs> I knew it. Hey, hey, hey! hey. We're Touchdown. not. We're not done with it yet. Touchdown. Yeah, the Walter commercial's not oh, not done yet from noon. No, we're talking about <laughs> mental health actually. So, yeah, so it's good. welcome aboard. Good. Good time for you to come in and talk about people who are nuts. That That's was a good, good talk yesterday about the guns and mental health and the problems with people yeah. with mental health issues and how we're not doing enough with the state. Yeah, well, Doug was just talking about the fact he was in that industry. I shouldn't really call it an industry. Yeah, in your it was case. my job. I was it was your job. Considering going on to uh, grad school, which is uh, oddly enough why I get into the car business. I was going to save up money to go to grad school. I'm like, I don't want to work in as a mental health counselor in a psych unit right. anymore because the world's changing and I never get out. So, who right. did you play with? Uh, was in the basement playing guitar. Wasn't that when you were doing that at the hospital? Well, well I. Oh, who did I meet? Yeah. That was Eric Clapton. Eric Clapton. Yeah. It was Clapton. I, I couldn't remember who it was. He was, a he, great was on, he was on tour in like 80 or 81. And this was in Eric's career arc where he decided to cure heroin addiction by drinking heavily. Nice. And he wound up in the United <laughs> Hospital with a I severe ulcer. Thinking, by the way. And he almost died. He was, <laughs> oh, at, he did, he was yeah. at United for a couple of months. Well, and I was a died. huge fan and I wanted to meet him. I knew what his alias was. I knew he was checked in, but I just didn't have the courage. And I was playing on the hospital softball team, and a buddy of mine was a janitor, and we were talking about Eric Clapton one day. And he goes, well, do you want to meet him? And I said, you know, I really do. <laughs> he goes, well, he's getting better now. So every afternoon on our break at 2 o'clock, he's down in the basement playing cribbage with all the janitors in the break room. Really? I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> so we go down there, and it's like, it's Eric Clapton playing cribbage with Donnie. So I finally screwed up enough courage and talked to him. And we had a nice chat for about 15 minutes or so, and... And I had a band, and we were playing in St. Paul, and I invited him to a rehearsal. And I don't know, I'm sure I saw it through rose-colored glasses, but he paused for about five seconds before he said no. And I really thought there was a chance he was going to say yes, and how cool would that be? Hey, guys, I brought a friend of mine to sit in and just kind of have a little fun. I don't know if you've ever heard him. It was Eric Clapton. <laughs> wow. But he never showed up the stiff. Man. He is a stiff. <laughs> do, you wonder, do you wonder if he didn't do it uh, maybe because he couldn't anymore? Well, no, I mean this this was this was the early 80s. So he oh, this went was on pre, to be oh yeah. Oh, yeah. pre heroin and alcohol. No, this he, heroin was in the 70s for him and then he started drinking heavy in the late 70s and he went to Hazelden I think while he was at United. He still comes back here. He's a big uh, sports fisherman. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he still comes back here every other year or so from what I understand and uh, and goes fishing in Minnesota. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. I had no idea. Does he own cribbage a place and here? fishing? I don't think so. Is he ninety? No. Yeah, cribbage no, and fishing. I, I, ninety years old. Thinking he's got to be seventy. Is don't you, Andy? Well, yeah, but I mean, those are like the things that <laughs> people do after they retire. They play cribbage and fish. Oh, well, now some people just love to Isn't fish. Isn't that true? That's yeah. all there is to it. 
There are a lot of people who fish in Minnesota, that's think, for sure. Yeah. I think our St. Cloud Brainerd affiliates will disagree with that. But, you know. Yo, I'm sure that's true. St. <laughs> Cloud Brainerd and Duluth, for that matter. Yeah. Uh, Eric Clapton is 72 years old. He'll yeah. be, wow, matter of fact, he'll be 73 years old next month. That's it? Wow. wow. 72. Wow. He'll be 73 next month. And he almost didn't See, make I it thought, out of his 30s. Yeah. 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 I thought he must have been older than that. I feel like he's been around forever. He's had yeah. a long career. I mean, he started with the Yardbirds, Yardbirds in yeah. 63 yeah. or 64, so it's been a long run. God, all of those people that came out of the Yardbirds, Led Zeppelin came out of the Yardbirds. Yep. Jimmy uh, Page, Jeff Jimmy, Beck, uh, Eric Clapton. Jeff Beck is another, yeah. I well, mean, it's funny you bring those two up because uh, Robert Plant's in town tomorrow night and Steve Winwood's in town uh, Friday night. Friday night at the state? Yep. Yeah. Where's uh, Robert Plant? Uh, where? Yeah, Caboose? He's, yeah, playing, he's playing at the Ice House on uh, yeah, the Ice House 26 yeah. at Nickel. Yeah. I think it's, <laughs> it's a very small good. place. It is a small yeah. place. Yeah, I know yeah. that. Yeah. I didn't get invited, so I don't know. You know, uh, what are you <laughs> you get invited. I didn't get invited. Hey, Tom, you want to come and see Robert Plant? No, nah, don't worry about me. Sitting in the front row and Oh, screen. he's at the Orpheum. Oh, okay. Oh, he's at the Orpheum? Yep. That'd be a great place to see Robert Plant. Yeah. Why were you wandering around the State Theater? Wandering around? Oh, because it's the end. My attorney, Chris Maddell, oh. loves Capitol Grill. Oh, okay. And when you go through the skyway, yep. you have to go through the lobby of the State Theater oh. to get in there. So I, was, I love that lobby of the State Theater. It's, it's cool. Lobby. It reminds me of being a little boy. Because, like I said, I, I'm not kidding. There was a State Theater, the Lyric Theater, the Orpheum, the, uh, God, what was over there on the, the, the Gopher was down the block. There was uh, the World Theater. And there was one right next to the World Theater, but I don't remember the name of it. But I would walk down there from, you know, Bryant and Plymouth when I was a kid and go see movies. Just magnificent. And I'm really, really glad because Minneapolis tore down a lot of great buildings where St. Paul didn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I really wish Minneapolis hadn't done that. Well, the big one was what, the Metropolitan Building? Yes, the Metropolitan yeah. Building was the big Just one. Just a gorgeous what piece the, of architecture. What was the name of the St. Louis Park Movie Theater that was on? 12 then at the time on highway 12 it was the cooper the cooper Cooper, that's right yeah and you know what the name of that piece of land is it still called to this day where the cooper said it in the podcast in the past uh i don't remember candlestick park that's right it's called that because that's where the new york giants were going to Mm -hmm. move the new york giants and then they ended up going to san francisco they got Mm -hmm. a better deal in san francisco and Pretty amazing. But, yeah, the Cooper Theater, well, that was, man, that was a very big, the Terrace Theater and the Cooper Theater were very big deals back when I was a kid and a teenager. Yep. That was kind of a forerunner of IMAX, wasn't it? The big yes. Cooper oh, Theater? Yeah. Yep. Was, and this, yep. the, they had the screen closing and yep. opening. You know? Yeah, they did. They had the whole, and there was a smoking loge. The too. smoking loge. You could smoke right in the theater. Ain't bad. I remember that. Yeah, the smoking loge at the Cooper and the Terrace Theaters. Oh, my God. Sitting with smokers. Yeah. Mm. It's like have... in the old days on airplanes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Smoking the sections 26 airplane. and back. So you're not going to smell there. it if you're in 24 <laughs> or 5. Now, i got to run this by you, and I brought this up on the morning show, because of recirculated air. No smoking sections on airplane were ridiculous of because course. it's recirculated yeah, air. You're so you're going to get it anyway. Only pansies didn't smoke like, back then. Yeah, is what the yeah. deal was. D- Dad only smoked in his seat in the in the pickup truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. So it didn't get over you on your side. But this woman, where was that yesterday, Melina? Where that woman was holding her panties up to the uh, oh, the, he's talking about the airflow. What? Oh. There was a woman, and we, nobody knows why. But she took her cotton panties off and held them up to the airflow thing 
for 20 minutes. In an airplane. Yeah. In an airplane. Yeah. I think that was a morning show because we were talking about the emergency landing that plane had to make because the guy would not stop farting. Oh, yeah. There's a guy who wouldn't stop farting. So they sent her down in Vienna, Austria. Because he would not stop farting, and he started a fist fight. Because and they took of the it. wrong people off the plane. And they took the wrong. These two women oh, got kicked no. off. These two women got kicked off the plane. Had nothing to do with it. Wow. But the guy wouldn't stop farting. <laughs> he starts a big fist fight. Bart Simpson airline. It is Bart Simpson. I hate that when people fart on airplanes, though, because yeah. it does happen, man. Yeah. Oh. Farting on airplanes is not should not be allowed. Yeah, it goes away pretty quick though. Yeah, but still, oh god. And if you get somebody next to you that hasn't hosed down in a while, oh, oh, yeah. 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 And what's not, the deal with people taking their shoes off? That one. Yeah, that's the, the other one. Shoes and socks. Some of yeah. them. Oh. Let me put. And I'll put my feet up between the. No, you won't. <laughs> get your feet off. There. That's when you get your cigarette out and burn. Yeah, burn <laughs> right on the sole of their foot. There was a comedian that was on the podcast that said that he always made up what he did. Who was that? I'm just trying to think. He he always said that he was a pipe fitter. He was like the president of the pipe oh, fitters. Oh no, it wasn't and so a comedian. He'd make it up was... and nobody would care. They wouldn't care. And so he sat down. What? Who was this? Kurt Vonnegut. It was Vonnegut. So it was he sits Kurt down one day and says, "Well, I'm a pipe fitter." And the guy next to him was like, "Oh, I'm the vice president of the pipe fitters." <laughs> oh no! <laughs> she had to talk pipe fitting for like yeah. six hours. <laughs> so what do you think about the new diminishing radius zinc? Oh. <laughs> yeah, Kurt Vonnegut. I'm a pipe fitter. Nobody cares. All of a sudden, he just happens to be sitting next to. The president of the pipe fitters union. Gee, thanks God. So maybe the strategy would be ask the seat made first. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, it happens. It believe me. So the, oh. did you run into the story yet of the seventy-eight nine-year-old uh, mountain climber? Oh. There's a story of the guy died. I think he's 79 or he was somewhere right around that age. And this story reads about how this guy partied and was like crazy. It's like he made it to 79. I mean, it's oh, like we did. Yes, I know exactly what you're like talking he's about. 30. I know, you know that. Oh, he died so young. I mean, 79, yeah, most people do live into their it's 80s. It's getting now. younger every year, though, oh, I got to tell you. Partying, yeah, you're like is. the wild man at 79. You're yeah. doing pretty yeah. good. Yeah, that's true. You know? Yeah, the average age of a Minnesotan now uh, at time of death is 80.9 years. That's women, though. Uh, I think it's all citizens now. Well, but it? I bet you it's mostly women because they're living Probably. to like 90, 95 where the guys are get checking out earlier. Catherine's going to live like 30 years longer well, than me. It's unbelievable. Of course. And she's kind of rubbing her hands together. <laughs> just waiting. <laughs> <laughs> just waiting. He'll be gone and I'll be happy for once. Have another peanut butter sandwich, honey. <laughs> exactly. Tom, you should start drinking again. Yeah. <laughs> we will be right back. Michael Bryant has joined us in studio. Yay. Tom Bernard Show. Tom Bernard here. If you're ready to sell your home, you've probably heard that you should wait until spring. But why wait for temperatures to rise when the market is hot right now? Not selling in winter is a total myth. Truth is, buyers are hungry. And while other sellers and real estate agents hibernate, the Chris Lindahl team is selling homes like hotcakes. Chris has done a great job. We have our house on the market with Chris right now, as a matter of fact. And the video he did is amazing. The Chris Lindahl team is America's number one REMAX results team for a reason. They play to win, and they've got the skilled players to sell your home fast. In fact, they sell a home on average every nine hours for over the MLS average. Don't wait until spring to sell your home. Call the Chris Lindahl team at 763-401-SOLD. At 763-401-SOLD, the first two callers will get a free staging package. This is a huge value, and it's only going to the first two Tom Bernard Show callers from this ad. 
That's 763-401-SOLD. Call now, get the free staging package, and grab the opportunity before winter is over. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. When you call Sabre for service, you'll get a certified technician that's an expert at diagnosing, repairing, and installing heating and air conditioning equipment. Sabre Techs give you the service you need, not the other stuff that you don't need. When you combine that with Sabre's A rating for customer service and the best equipment from Bryant, you get exactly what you need. So make the call to Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning today. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. All right, well, it's uh, 1.38. The show's been on for an hour and 38 minutes, so let me just say what I usually say. Walzer.com. <laughs> <laughs> the hour and 38-minute commercial. Uh, let me know when Brandon's ready to go. That'll be good. Now, we're just talking to, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we got Doug Sprinthal in studio, Michael Bryant's in studio. Thank you, Brandon, to Chris Lindahl coming in. He was exposed to this interesting work environment for the first time. <laughs> But yeah, we're, I was talking about last night. You and we had a nice dinner last night. You and good. I went out to dinner, had a good time. How was that, how was that cream soda? <laughs> well, I brought that up on the air today. I heard that this morning. <clears throat> but I, we went to Mort's. Mm-hmm. Had wonderful food. The really food was good. Great. The Lansky was awesome. Yeah, it was. The Lansky was great. So I ordered a cream soda, and she brought me a Diet Coke. So I just drank the Diet Coke. I'm not going to go, this is not cream soda. <laughs> like, Settle right. down, everybody. I don't, why do people get so whipped up about it? Again, if there's hair in my food, I'm not eating it. Right. Uh, if it's undercooked chicken, I'm not eating it. There are things I will send back, but I, I have no interest in yeah. that. You we, know, it's a Diet Coke. I drink Diet Coke all the time. What's the difference? We were at a restaurant with uh, downtown Minneapolis. I don't remember the name anymore, but um, waitress, waitress comes up, and she comes up, and she's like, oh, I can't talk very much because I got a tongue ring, and I infected my tongue. <laughs> Think you're touching my food. Nah. <laughs> this is not <laughs> What do you want to eat? Yeah, great. Yeah, no. I'm so Sorry. hungry right now because of you. <laughs> I just like to point just to how hungry I am. It's unbelievable. Yeah, Yuck. that's a, that's a tough road to hoe. Well, I got you two guys here. Yes. Uh oh. Put the arm on you. Oh, here we go. June's, Biking. June 2nd could be the second annual Tour de Cure ride if you're interested. Ah, I've been getting hit up for that all the time. Yeah, already. me too. Well, a you're champion. a champion. I'm a champion. Oh, I just I get invited to something next week oh, or something. Oh. <laughs> I'm a champion. So just put it in the back of your brain, and I'll just keep putting a little pressure on I've you. I'm going to do it again. I've used all my contributors for the Polar Plunge, so I'm. You know, I've run so out of So you'd have to, to pay money. your own money. I'd have to pay my own I money. Know. Yeah, I, 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 I might know a few people that might kick in. I think yeah. you're okay. I think you, you'll be covered on that deal. It's not going to be a Wait, problem. Will I get a challenge again from the lawyer from Walter? Well, yeah, you probably she will. She like raised like $2. She did a little better than that. But we'll, <laughs> but here's the other lawyer that was on there. Remember? Uh, oh, yeah, the, the listener that was the lawyer. Yeah, yeah. so he oh, was. George? Yeah, and yeah. he was like, dude, this guy rides the bike three times a week right. and he's worse downtown and he's going eight miles an hour. What the heck's going on? Mm-hmm. Well, a couple weeks after that, he got diagnosed with severe kidney disorder oh, yeah. and had a transplant this winter. We've been staying in touch wow. over the winter. Unbelievable. So, so that well, would George probably be next time you I talk will. to him. He's a very nice guy. Yeah, because yeah, you rode with him a lot. 
Yeah, I did, and yeah. then he ended up giving me a ride ride home. Oh, that's oh yeah, right. okay. he did. Yeah, yeah his son came home. and picked him up, so I <laughs> said, "You know what? I already rode about right. five hundred miles today." Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I only asked you nine times. I said, "Hey, Tom, I know you got a leg cramp. Do you need a ride home?" I got the Durango. Now nah, I'll be fine. Yeah, I was just like, forget "All right, it, hot shot. Forget it. Don't, Don't worry about you. a thing. Hope you get run over by the L. <laughs> we spent I've... too much time with you already. <laughs> the L, whatever no L it is, in Minnesota. What do they call the train here? Probably called the train. Light rail. The light rail. I loved when the when we were going over the railroad tracks and you asked if I needed help getting over the tracks because I'd fallen down a couple of days before. Oh, that's right. <laughs> you need some help? What's the problem here? Is everything so good? So think about it, and we'll put the arm on some KQ staff, too. Yeah. I think, okay. you know, Brittany's in good That'd enough shape. She yeah, could Brittany, ride for Brittany could 30 ride miles. I, I think they're starting it out of Boom Island this year rather than really? Yeah. Yeah, So I still got to get my Sergeant Pepper's thing signed. I want it signed by the Beatles. Yeah, there so. you go. <laughs> I can get that done for okay. you. I can get that done for you. The Beatles. So I the won't Beatles. close you yet, but just start thinking okay. about it. It'll be, I got to start getting in shape. I haven't done anything in the last couple of months. I'm going to see the boys at Nutramos today, so like I said, it's an automatic for me. Yeah, I quit drinking for Lent, and you're right. It you is quit drinking for boring Lent? as it's hell. Boring. Eight oh. days. Well, it's a lot. I know. What do you mean eight? Oh, eight well, days so, so eight, far. Eight days ago. Four so days another, plus Sundays. Yeah. I know. It's like, what is that all about? <sighs> So, you, you gave up like heroin, or you gave up? I gave up crack. heroin. Yeah. Gave up smoking yeah. crack. For I Lent. gave up smoking crack for Lent. My youngest <laughs> gave up oysters struggle. for breakfast. His mom explained to him that that really wasn't very appropriate. <laughs> I gave up oysters for breakfast. Yeah, yeah what a struggle! That's yeah. going to be a terrible struggle for you. There's no doubt about it. No question. Now it's uh, that ride was a lot of fun. Met a lot of nice people on that yeah. ride. It was very well attended. It was great. Ride. And that's Tons where Pass was doing the front gate thing? Yep. Yes. Pass, Pass was yeah. doing the front gate, which yeah. I took a couple of shots because of that. But you know. Well, I just, you know, I was talking to him a week or two about something else, and I asked him, I said, hey, if you want to ride with us, I'm going to try to put a team together. And he goes, I'm in just, he's in tough shape. Yeah. His hips all messed oh, up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, absolutely. Well, he just had neck surgery. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. But, yeah, we'll we'll absolutely do that June 2nd. Yeah, because yeah, I saw him at the queue the other day, and he had the dog cone on his head. Yeah, he's got the dog cone. <laughs> yeah. dog cone. So, so, so he, he can't lick himself. He can't, he can't chew on his paws. Can't, yeah, Jeff, you can't lick yourself for a couple of months. Sorry. Yeah, he'd really appreciate yeah, this conversation. He actually would. Oh, God. He's got a great sense of humor. When Bradley Cooper was on Nip Tuck, he was the guy who tried to, he broke his neck trying to lick himself. <laughs> That was the early days of Bradley Cooper. Well, there was a rumor that there was a field goal kicker, a very good field goal kicker back in the days in the NFL that could actually uh, play his own trumpet. Self-service? What? Was it Jan? I don't think it was Jan. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> Let's start but some I, great You know rumors. what? What's interesting, you had the right, uh, the right country. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> you had the right country. His first name might have been Morton, maybe. Morton. <laughs> Morton. 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 So it was either very flexible or they called him the human tripod. It it can't be true, though, because he'd never leave the house. Probably true. (laughs) He can order in food. Hey, they got that, uh, what is it, Grubhub? Just get a hold of them. I'm not not going out to eat. I'm not doing anything. See what happens when the attorneys show up. The conversation just, we were having a nice talk about the history of mental illness and geopolitical stuff, and now we're talking about guys that can blow themselves. More work for Molina. Sorry. I was if the listener, the acute listener, couldn't figure out what we were talking we're about. We were in subtle. 
And we were being very subtle about it. Apparently he was a, a, a trumpet player and a field goal kicker. <laughs> That's terrible. Uh, it's an interesting conversation, but it's terrible. Um, 11 things you might not have known about Billy Graham. Are these good things or bad things? Does it say? Uh, his original dream was to play baseball professionally, but he ultimately realized he didn't have the talent. Well, yep, that's good. I knew that. Okay. Yep. Oh, you knew that? I did know that. Yep. Uh, speaking of presidents, Graham was influential in helping George W. Bush to stop drinking. Bush once said his father started turning around. Oh, excuse me. His life started turning around after uh, talking with Graham about religion at the Bush family's main compound. He had been drunk the day before when he first met Graham. After integrating his revival meetings during the Civil Rights era, Graham became a target of the KKK. I didn't know that. Wow. Can you, I feel sorry for Billy. Can you imagine a drunk George Bush coming oh, up to you? God. Hey, Billy, 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 Billy. Billy, Billy, Billy. How's it going, Billy, Billy, Billy? You do this on purpose. Every news story comes up. There's a Walzer commercial mm-hmm. right there. That's mm-hmm. right. Well, it's actually just a, a, a Post-it note we put over your monitor. <laughs> you just got it over the monitor. Graham, who was friendly with Queen Elizabeth II, was knighted. I didn't know he was knighted. I didn't, didn't know that. Sir Billy Graham. Did you know any of this stuff, Melina? Andy, did you know any of this stuff about uh, about Billy Graham? I don't really know anything about Billy Graham. Do you know who Billy Graham is? After Googling him, I do. Oh. He invented but the Graham Cracker. No. He invented the Graham Cracker. Uh, <laughs> no. The minister was caught on tape making anti-Semitic remarks along with President Nixon in 1973. He apologized after record- the recording was made public in 2002. All they said was, Lastman sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't that big and a deal. And they probably didn't even know he was Jewish. Yeah. <laughs> Which he was trying to deal with number three or number two in that one. Yes. Okay. Yeah, exactly. That one I actually do know. Um, all he said, basically, it, this was 1972, it said. Yes. Uh, he said that Jews control the media. Yeah, which well. that's not really anti-Semitic. Mm, yeah. Well, actually, it <laughs> I is. think they meant it. They, they it, meant it. It's not at the degree of the Earl Butts line, right. but it's still not. Earl Butts. I think God, I haven't heard that name in a few years. Richard Nixon definitely wanted to mean it that way. <laughs> Earl Butts, the yeah. loose shoes. That's right. Very good, Michael. <laughs> Wait a minute. What now? So, those of you that weren't alive, Earl Butts was the Secretary of. Agriculture? Yeah, I think it was I agriculture. Right. Yep. yep. And he lost his job because he was heard on a plane saying that the and I can't really figure out how to tell this whole story. But the only thing that African Americans like are males. African American males like. Oh tight, yeah, I've heard this story. Female genitalia, loose shoes, shoes, and a warm place to go to the bathroom. Right. Yeah, that's right. I thought that's that exactly this was okay to say. Mm-hmm. In public on an airplane. Yeah. That's, a, I, that's exactly what he said. I, yeah, I do well, he's smoking that. a cigarette, I'm sure. <laughs> that's right. On the airplane. He's in 26F. Yes. <laughs> on the airplane. Uh, Graham, who met every president, every U.S. president since 1950, was registered as a Democrat despite his conservative views. He once explained, though, that he simply voted for whoever the best candidate is. Well, then he wasn't voting for Democrats if he was. I don't mean the best. I just mean this guy wasn't voting yeah. for Democrats. No, I wouldn't Maybe so. Jimmy Carter. He might have been yeah, Carter, Carter, but he didn't vote for a number of the other ones. The evangelist was away on a preaching trip when his first child was born in 1945. He wrote in his autobiography that he missed a lot at, ho- uh, at home due to his ministry. Graham's iconic radio show began after he successfully raised $25,000 in one night to get it started. I should have done that. What? Raised $25,000 in one night? <laughs> exactly. 
Don't give me faces. <laughs> Michael Bryant's making faces at me. That's nice. He once preached every night for 16 consecutive weeks. So what? Yeah. That's what I do. Hmm? This is basically preaching. Yeah. Yeah. It is, actually. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a big deal. He gives some really good speeches. Some of his speeches were really good. He's, about very, he's a very talented speaker. Graham. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't ripping you. <laughs> I was just saying that when he'd give some, some of his speeches were really well done. Yeah, he was you know? a pretty smart guy. Yeah. Graham never met, traveled, or ate alone with any females other than his wife. Oh, bullshit. But I don't believe that at all. <laughs> I don't believe anybody right that points that, that out is there's something yeah, else going true. on. That you is know? true. Unless he's on his fourth wife. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose that's a different story. Is it Dakota it? Fred? I've been married 45 years. It just took three women to do it. Well, you know. <laughs> that was my line. Oh, oh, yeah. I guess you, yeah. It wasn't yeah. three, was it? I'm on my final. You're in the final. But okay. not, I thought it was only two. Mm-mm. Oh, it's three. Oh, my God. I know. You're a disaster. <laughs> hey, you hear Michael Bryant just whisper that he's a disaster? Kept, kept a lot of jewelers in business. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Yeah. There's no question about it. I don't know. What are you going to do? It's uh, it, Sometimes it just doesn't work out. How about you know, that show I was talking about again that uh, you and I were talking about it last night, that uh, Tales from the Tour Bus? Yeah, yeah. You really liked that show. I, did, I finished it today. Did you? But before I came up with the podcast, I finished the series today. I hope they do it again in 2008. Who was the last one? A guy named Billy Joe Shaver, oh, okay. who I never even heard of. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. That's not true. The last one was Blaze... Blaze, I can't remember. I, I had never Blaze. heard of this guy, but and he never made it big. He just was. A, he was a really interesting story. Every one of them, all eight episodes, they shot somebody. Yep. Every right one in of the them. face. Bow. It's just not. Yeah, right. <laughs> I shot him between the mother and the, the effort. effort. Yep. It's like, what are you? What is wrong with you? And Waylon, just I think I'll take about fifty more pills. Thirty a day. Thirty a day. Wow. Thirty pills a day. Did you watch some of it? No, I just heard you talk about it this morning. 30 pills a day. But I knew Waylon. Waylon used to just take pills like crazy. A lot of cocaine, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of cocaine. He, matter of fact, he got mad at the studio manager once because the FBI busted into the studio looking for the cocaine. <laughs> and the, the, the building manager knew where it was. So we went and flushed it down the toilet, and Whalen got mad at him. It's like you were going to go to prison for about twenty years. Yeah, but those guys didn't go to prison. for Yeah, a long they did. That's true. They'd like shoot people and do drugs and get caught with guns, and then go to prison for. And actually, it helped them to totally go to prison. True. It was like it dried them out. <laughs> so, uh, Billy Joe Shaver, the guy I was referencing, was married at least three times they know of to the same woman. He wow. The, he married the same woman three times. Wow. And this last time that he divorced her, well, we were kind of hanging out one day and having a good time, and Billy Gibbons from ZZ Top was there, and I don't know, they, everybody got mad at me. They got all pissed off at me about something, and everybody took off. So, And it was on my wedding night, the third time I married this woman, and everybody's mad at me. She was mad at me, and everybody's mad at me. And I do believe that Billy Gibbons might have consummated my marriage that night. <laughs> It's unbelievable. Wow. If you get a chance, Doc Ketchmark told no, me about it. i got to watch that. That does oh, sound good. Because of your love for musicians, you will love this show. Well, yeah, no, it sounds like it's right up my alley. Boy, I tell you, the George Jones, Tammy Wynette story is unbelievable. Yeah, I know. Unbelievable. We're mad at each other because what? She's an alcoholic and he's a drug addict? or was it He was an alcoholic and yeah. she was a drug addict. Yeah, the, yeah. Power, the power of positive drinking. <laughs> exactly. 
Exactly. <laughs> you see the Hank Williams movie? Uh uh-uh. uh. It's a great movie. That, yeah, it is. I, uh, it is. Uh, that's a great movie. But Indeed. he goes through women like crazy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's like with one, and he's going to marry another one. And he was only 24 years old. And he, he got died. every one was of them. Was he 24? Pregnant. I was going to ask that. I thought he was in the 27 Club. He's, uh, I don't think he's. Not, you're right. I think he is in that oh, club. Well, we can yeah. look it up. We'll find out in the next hour. Tom Bernard Show.